You know, I had a friend who said to me, I broke up with my girlfriend and I just realized that it's been two weeks and for the first time I'm starting to feel sad about it because I used all these quick dates. But like every night the guy had been busy for two weeks. So he was filling up all his time. Yeah. Which was, it, it was a, like a strategy, a psych, you know, a, like a subconscious strategy to not have to deal with the loss of an important relationship. Yeah, so you're onto something there because I do think that's, I really believe that's the key to this entire question. Listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey everybody, welcome back. I am glad you are here. I no, I, why do I say that? Why do I always say that? I'm glad you are here. I think you like it. It's become your line. All right. See, all this time I thought it was very intentional, and now I just realize that you're just falling into patterns. It's, falling into patterns. it's way less impressive. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Okay, here we go. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad John's here because it's a hey. Q&A podcast, isn't it? Hi, John. It is. How are you? I'm good. You said you were tired because you jumped off a flight and you were really tired. And I don't hear it in your voice right now because it's, you're all energetic and it's good. It's true. It's true. I do get energized. It's funny. Like when the microphone goes on, all of a sudden I'm like, okay. Bada bam, bada bing. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. My dad, I, we, my joke about my dad used to be that um, if he got up in the middle of the night and he went to the refrigerator to get something to eat, if when the light came on, he did 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> just you know, it's like, it's like, oh, there's a light on me. Okay. I got to talk. Um, so natural um, performers, man. Yeah. But no, I did actually fly back from uh, San Francisco on the red eye last night. I, I, it was the quickest trip ever. I just flew out there. In order to perform a wedding, um, a humanist a, wedding, it was. I mean, I mean, it was. It was human beings getting married, and they <laughs> they wanted me to do it because, although some of their families were very religious folks, the couple themselves were not, and so what they wanted was somebody who was able to do a secular wedding that would sort of reflect their values and their hopes for the future. Yeah, but that would give plenty of nods and have the cadences that their very religious families would recognize and feel comfortable. And so it was, uh, it was, that was an interesting, not, I, I wouldn't say it's not a unique challenge, but it was a fun challenge. And, um, yeah, that's so and, cool. And afterwards, I, I, I mean, just, I think they must've been just given with me. They sat me at a table with their most evangelical family members <laughs> Um, you know, the first question was like, so what denomination are you? And like, I was like, wow, I must've done a good job in that wedding because they didn't instinctively know, like this right. guy doesn't believe in God. And, and yeah. then I was sort of like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually the humanist chaplain at the university of Cincinnati. And they just, they were just gobsmacked by that. And we ended up, you know, I just had to field a lot of questions. So, um, right, right. but anyway, it was, it was a good a, conversation. It was, it was a beautiful wedding and. A lovely couple. It's a nice thing. And so, yeah, I, I always feel privileged when I get to do that. Um, so, 
John, are we going to be able to post this episode in time that it will mean something that I say to people that we're doing a jam session on Wednesday? Absolutely. Yeah, we'll we'll have this up uh, Tuesday. So okay, it'll be good. So then, if you listen to this episode, sort of when you get it on that Tuesday or or, or Tuesday night, or even on that Wednesday, on Wednesday night at ten fifteen p.m. Eastern, which is seven fifteen p.m. On the West Coast. This is kind of a jam session for our West Coast gang. Um, we're going to have one of those. Basically, what it is, is it's like a podcast staff meeting where we figure out what episodes we need to do. We we review the episodes that we've done and, tr- and try to evaluate what was good and bad about them. Um, and we invite kind of all of our serious Patreon supporters to come into the conversation and either sometimes they'll call in, sometimes it's, it's, it's a live chat kind of thing. Um, but it's, it's, it's a chance to really get involved in the shaping of the show. Yes. Do you, do you have anything to add to that thought? I don't, I can't, I can't wait. I wonder if Roman will join us for that one. Well, we should ask him and Roman's my son who among other things is and what's funny, John, and this is just between you and me and everyone who's listening to this podcast, um, which probably includes Roman. But the other day I said something about, you know, people always ask, when am I going to have Roman back on the show? And I said, but like, I know that your management won't let you do that. And like, that's not the image you're portraying. And he's like, no. He said, like, I, I come on the show again. Um Okay. And so we're going to get him back on because he's really interesting to talk to. But in the meantime, yeah, I do hope he, whenever he stops in with notes on the podcast, he always has really good ideas. And so, but so do a lot of people. So do a lot of people these days. And so, yes. So if you're, if, and if you're not a supporter, you could become a supporter of the, of the show on that Patreon page. And that would be beautiful because that's the support that's enabling us to do more and better stuff. Yes. And we one person that I wanted to shout out because one of the things is this you if you support the podcast at twenty dollars a month, you get a shout out. And I'm pretty excited about giving the shout out to Drew Mahorik. Um, because not only is Drew Mahorik a new supporter of the show, which is exciting, but he grew up in my hometown of Radnor, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. We went to the same high school. Nice. I mean, I, I went much before him. I'm much older than him. But it is kind of cool to have a, a, a fellow Radner Raider alum supporting the show. And Drew, Drew is actually somebody who I have met and hung with years ago back in Los Angeles. And so, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just always excited when somebody um, kind of comes on and says like, hey, I think the show is worth supporting. It just means a lot. Yeah. So. It's really cool. So. Because you're here, that is a signal to humanize me regulars that we're going to do a Q&A. And, and that means that you, you got to have the Q, even though we, mo- we both might have the A, but, um, but you got, you're, the one, you're the guy with the Qs. I do. Cue me up. Okay, here we go. Hey, Bart. Um, okay, so when my girlfriend goes away on business trips, I really experience like a ton of anxiety. And it isn't that I'm jealous of her and I'm I'm totally glad that she's having these experiences but I get really anxious and my tendency is to 
want to immediately fill that space with with someone so that I don't have to have that negative feeling of being all alone, which I, I really hate. Is there something wrong with me? Thanks, Bart. Wow. That is, that's a, that's a good question, isn't it? Don't you think that's a good question? It's something that is very personal to me. Like, I mean, this is, I feel like this is me too. I don't enjoy I don't enjoy my alone time and I have plenty of friends that tell me that they love when they have some time alone they'll take you know they'll take like a long bath or they'll like watch something on TV that they want to watch or read a book that they've always wanted and they need peace and quiet for it and I'm not that guy I just really like people to be around at every second and so I feel like uh, yes this question really resonates for me too Yeah and 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 like this person, you know, I mean, I guess I, I could turn the question. Is there something wrong with you, John? I mean, do you feel like, there, <laughs> do you feel like there's something wrong with you because that's, that's the way you are? At times I do. It feels a little bit like a disability in some ways, right? I mean, in, in a minor way, it feels like something, they, these people can do something that I can't do, which is to enjoy alone time. Do you think it's, I mean, do you think this is a pure introvert, extrovert? Like, not that all extroverts have this problem, but is it that only extroverts have this problem? Or do you think they're, they're probably introverts, people who draw strength from being alone, but nevertheless yeah. have a lot of anxiety about it? Yeah, I suppose if somebody identif self-identifies as an introvert, they've probably figured this one out, you know, um, and enjoy that. What about you? Do, do, you find, do, do you find alone time to be beneficial? You know, sometimes, but I'm, you know, like for years when I was traveling and speaking, I would, I would end up in a hotel room by myself and it, you know, at seven o'clock at night, not having to be on, on duty again until like 10 o'clock the next morning. And you want to talk about miserable and, you know, repeating the same mistakes over and over and over. I would stay up till three in the morning, flipping channels. I would eat crappy food. I wouldn't yeah. move my body. I, you know, I, I wouldn't get enough sleep and I would wake up with a headache and I would go like, I can't believe I did this again. And I would repeat that pattern over and over again. And honestly, right. Cause you're just miserable without that person next to you. And there's nobody to tell me what, like, there's no, there's no rhythm of going to bed. And so I don't go to bed. I have a really hard, like, I don't have a hard time sleeping. I have a hard time turning out the light. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. um, but, but, but if, and, and so, yeah, I guess I think I can relate to this on, on some level as a lot of times, if there's, if there's a lot of time stretching out in front of me, my, my question is how do I fill it? And, and more right. importantly, who do I fill it with? Like, and so I'll find myself, you know, literally scrolling through the names on my phone going like, should I call this person? Should I call that person? Should I call this person? Mm -hmm. Like just not wanting to be out of conversation range. Yes. So I think when this person says like, is there something wrong with me? I would go, yes. Is there something unusual about you? Not at all. <laughs> we're right. all, we're, there's a lot of us in this boat. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and yet, I'm really becoming increasingly convinced that especially in this age where we, because I feel like it used to be that you, there were times when you kind of had to be alone. 
Like, you know, I, I remember when I would be in an airport and I would be stuck at a layover and I would have like four hours to myself and there was nothing to do. And you know, this was before you had cell phones and before you had smartphones and all that stuff. And now- So what do you do? Just walk around the terminal, look at things, watch CNN on the TV? I mean, back then, that's what you did. Now, yeah. I, was in, I was in an airport last night. There wasn't a soul sitting in that waiting room that wasn't looking at their phone. Right. <laughs> and, and, and I guess that's the thing is that, I mean, one could say like when that guy's wife is out of town- and he's sitting there looking at his cell phone and texting people and, and chatting. Like, is he alone? Is, 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 I, I, you know, I mean, he may be lonely, but, he, but he's engaged with all these other people. And so the weird thing is I'm becoming convinced that there's real value in being alone, but it only works if you are alone when you're alone. Actual aloneness. Yeah. And I wonder if part of the problem is that we are not practiced now. Yeah. I mean, I think that we don't, ha yeah, we always have an easy out. Television is an easy out. Um, the internet is an easy out. Our phones are an easy out. Um, now I, 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 you know, I suppose that this, per this, this, you know, this fellow writing or calling, um, you know, I suppose he probably is saying like, yeah, it doesn't help me, man. When my wife isn't there in pre in her presence, my kids aren't there in their presence, I get anxious. And I, you know, that doesn't mean I'm not on my phone. It doesn't mean I'm not doing that stuff, but I'm still anxious because I think for some of us, the other people in our lives, they, they create the structure for us of like, oh, well, we have to eat because we're all eating together and we have to go to yep. bed because my wife's going to bed or my husband's going to bed. And so it, it, sometimes I think what, what really causes the anxiety is the loss of structure. Mm. Um, but, but I would say that especially, you know, and I think some, some people would say like, well, you should just have people around you at all times. And that's why we need to live more in intentional community. And if you had next door neighbors who lived right next door, you could, who you were friends with, then you would never have to be alone. And the problem is we live too far apart from each other. And, you know, I, I, I'm as big a proponent of community as anybody, but I don't think communities work very well unless the people in them are choosing to be together because they're capable of being alone. Right, right. And I think that there are, there are a lot of times when you get a call or you get a request to be with somebody and you realize that, like, I don't know where I am on that person's list, but I, I, I can tell, like, the people above me have passed. And, you know, you just sort of have somebody who's, like, desperate to, like, what are you doing tonight? Like, let's just do something. Like, they just can't stand to have a few hours where there isn't human interaction and stimulation. Yeah. Well, and I, I see people make this move to uh, in, in kind of the single and dating world where if they get out of a relationship, they'll immediately want to jump right back into a new relationship, whatever it is, it's almost like they're, they're auditioning now someone. Or what I find is that there are people that are like in between relationships, they have lots of random sex on, you know, via, um, what is it? What's the, web? Uh, like Tinder, yeah, Tinder, something like that. And then, yeah. you know, and so somebody will say like, like I'm doing that. And, and, you know, I had a friend the other day, a young, a, a, you know, college guy who said to me, I, I just, 
I broke up with my girlfriend and I just realized that it's been two weeks and for the first time I'm starting to feel sad about it because I used all these quick dates to dull myself, like to, to keep from, you know, and so he was literally like, I'm going to be with another woman or, you know, or a friend, or I'm going to do something. But like every night the guy had been busy for two weeks. So he was filling up all his time. Yeah. Which was, it it was like a strategy, a psych, you know, like a subconscious strategy to not have to deal with the loss of an important relationship. Yes. And I think that's, so, so I think, I think it, Yes, you're onto something there because I do think that's very valid. Like we are trying to do so. What we fear most when we're alone is having to confront, you know, ideas or thoughts or things that we've been. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to feel too much. So like if you have someone else there distracting you from whatever you're going to feel if you're left by yourself, I really believe that's the key to this entire question. Yeah. Cause I mean, I actually saw a study recently where they, you know, where people were choosing between kind of being in pain or being left alone with their own thoughts and they chose the pain. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, the, the, the being, be, you know, being alone with their own thoughts was so scary. And so I think that, par- you know, part of this is, is that if if you are alone, there is an opportunity there to figure out what you think, not in relationship to the group. You know, a lot of us are very, you know, we're all very influenced by the people around us. And I don't think that's always a bad thing, but I think there's a moment where you go like, I've been listening to everybody else. I wonder what I think. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder, I wonder what I'm feeling right now. What's going on with Absolutely. me? Absolutely. And uh, I actually, I, it's funny, I was talking with a friend and he says when he's alone, he was going through that same kind of anxiety. And one of the things that he figured out to do was to talk out loud to himself. Sort of go like, all right, Bart, what are we going to do today? You know, what are you hungry? You know, what are we going to make for lunch? I, I, I guess I could make a cheese sandwich or I could make some, some, uh, Oh, that would be a little too much work to do the whole grilled cheese thing. But well, maybe I should go for it. And he would have, he would, but he, he would externalize his thoughts. And he found that by, by externalizing them, he was able to know what he was thinking. And he was able to yeah. sort of maintain a train of thought. And he realized that one of the reasons he likes being with other people, he, what, he, what he said to me was, I think by talking with people, like that's the way I think. So when I'm alone, I can't think very well. And he had sort of figured out that the cheat code for him was, oh, well, if you're a verbal processor, just because you're alone doesn't mean you should stop verbally processing. Right. So, I mean, so, so, so that would, I thought that was a really interesting one. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and I, I wonder if maybe the problem is the expectation, because if you, if you expect to be able to be alone, without any of these thoughts or feelings coming up and expect to be able to jump right into like the, you know, the, the movie that you want to watch or the, or the book you want to read or the bath, you know, maybe the expectation should be, Hey, I'm going to do this alone thing. And I'm going to really listen to myself, no matter how painful it might be, or no matter what might come up, I'm going to like really process it well. Well, yeah. And, yeah but even as you say that, I'm thinking like, 
when you when when you and I get together, let's say mm-hmm. we know we're going to talk about something. You know, we're going to talk about something important. Um, we're gonna we're gonna reimagine something or something like that. We don't get together and immediately go like, "Hi, okay, so what I think is this," <laughs> or or even if we're gonna go to a movie, I don't show up at your place and go like, "Hi," and you go like, "Okay, I'm pushing play right now." Like mm-hmm. we ease into it, right? Right. We talk about some lighter weight stuff. We do, we we have some preliminaries because like we got to work our way around to the big to the big the point of why we're together. Even if that thing is fun, like we're gonna go play a game together, we're gonna do something. I think you kind of have to do that with yourself where you, you shouldn't have the expectation that the second the door closes and ever, and you're alone in the house then you're like, well, let me start that bath or let me get that book out or let you, you probably need to almost greet yourself and go like, Hey Bart. All right. So here we are just the two of us, you know? Just, yeah. How's this feeling? How's yeah, this feeling right yeah, now? How you doing? Let's check in with myself. How's it going? <laughs> ah, you know, yeah. You, you, so you're worried about that. Okay. Like, and sort of process and you go like, okay, so are you ready? Are, you know, we said we were going to do a little painting today. Are, are we ready to do that painting? You know, and I, I think that we need to treat ourselves. It's funny. I'm thinking of that Jordan Peterson quote, you know, tr- you know, consider, treat yourself like somebody that you want to do something good for, or, you know, treat like somebody like you're like somebody who you're responsible for. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sort of like, I think we probably need to, when we, when we get, when we find ourselves alone to kind of get it, you know, reconnect with ourselves before we think we're going to get on with anything. I agree. That makes sense to me too. The other thing, you know, it's funny. Like I think some of my friends who do the mindfulness stuff a lot, they tell me that those mindfulness exercises are a really good way of relieving the anxiety of being alone because they order, they, 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 they sort of, in, it's not the structure of another person, but they sort of structure your thinking for a little while. And I think that that relieves some anxiety, like one of those guided meditations or something. Um, that if you if you if you have like a practice of a meditative practice, in a sense, you don't have to figure out what what are we going to do today because for the first ten minutes you know what you're going to do. We're we're going to yeah. be doing this. Yeah, I was totally going to bring up um, meditation too because I think, I, I mean, that is one thing that I've been told over and over is really really beneficial on this stuff. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, like, it's literally practicing almost like working out. It's you're practicing the muscle of being alone and listening to yourself. I mean, it's, it, it couldn't be more sort of like relevant to this. And it's funny because if you're, I'm, I'm just thinking like, I have this friend who's like into all this meditation stuff, but there's, they, they, one of the things she said to me was like a form of meditation that is good for non-meditators is just observation. So, okay. so the idea of sort of going like, okay, let me just let me just record either in my mind or in articulating like what's around me. I'm going like I see that painting, and just below it is a tissue box, and you know there's a green wall behind that, and it's sitting on a desk that I was given um, when I first got this office. Somebody gave me this desk, and and sort of again like guiding your mind, like observation, observing what's around you, being observant, like going for a walk and saying like, I'm going to note 
every new human being. I'm going to make an observation about every human being I see, or I'm like, I'm this is a color walk, or this is a, mm-hmm. this is an animal walk. Um, but I think there are ways in which we can spend time with ourselves, um, where we can keep our minds from being blank without necessarily putting on a podcast and sticking in the earbuds and being yeah, you know, whisking yourself away to some other conversation, yeah, being engaged, yeah. you know, being engaged in that, in that kind of artificial way. Cause that's my trick. Even when I'm alone, like you just said, the podcast thing, I mean, surely some people listening to us now are doing this exact thing where they're listening to us because they don't want to really be alone. Um, and we all do that with TV and podcasts and radio and all kinds of things where we, you're not alone because you're, you're actually listening to, you're actually a part of a conversation yeah, which that, I, that I, is playing out in your head. And, and I mean, I think the thing is like, if you have a weekend by yourself, it might be good to schedule dinner with a friend. It might be good to schedule a podcast with a friend, like, you know, with us. Um, right, right. Absolutely. No, I, I think that's right. It's about sort of a balance, right? Yeah. And I think it's about not, it's about choosing to be with someone else rather than needing to be with someone else. And so, you know, I know as a friend, I, I think, I think a lot of people that I know they're in unhealthy relationships, whether it's mm-hmm. romantic or friendship wise, when they're hanging with people that aren't good for them, especially I see this with, with college kids. And I'm sort of like, why are you hanging out with those people? They put you down. Why are you dating that woman? She makes you feel bad about yourself. And the answer that comes back is I'm afraid to be alone. Mm-hmm. Like it's better than nothing. And I think you've got to get to the place where you can handle being alone so that you can choose better relationships. Absolutely. Um, And so I, I, you know, I I think that, I think there's some sense in which it's like, I'm not saying it's never, it's not good to reach out to other people, but I'm thinking like, you need to sort of go like, Hey, who would I like to be with today rather than I must be with somebody today? Yeah. And I think if you're an extrovert, you can probably take that into account, right? I mean, you can be like, I'm going to need more sort of togetherness time with other people than my introvert friend, but still cultivating this sense of of how how good it is to be alone too yeah, like, in that context. And, and like, are you choosing the person for the positive thing that they will bring into your life or the positive, the way, the, the, the thing that you like about, are you choosing them or are you using them to fill up space because you can't stand to have that space be empty? And, yeah. I, and what I'm thinking is like, is if you know that you can fill some space by yourself, um, then you're much more likely to make better choices. Um, you know, and so like, and like, I was even thinking like, one of the things that I think people can do when they're alone, that's really a healthy thing to do. And that, that the times when I'm alone that I feel the best about it are when I make something, whether I, I make a greeting card for somebody or I make a meal that is a thoughtfully made meal, like where I get a recipe out and I make that meal. Or, you know, I know that Marty, my wife, you know, when she paints in her in, in her alone time, she ends up feeling like, okay, something happened here. Like something, something valuable happened here. And there's a sort of a tangible product or a, a tangible thing where she can say like, what did you do today? So, well, you know, I, I made this, I did this. Um, the, and the other thing about being alone is that 
I think that the lack of solitude and the lack of time spent alone and you know, the fact that we're always plugged in or, or, or looking down at something keeps us from a lot of times using our imaginations and thinking about what might I want to do in the future or what's going on in that relationship and how can I change it um, to sort of, what would it be like if I quit my job or, you know, I, I wonder what it'd be like if I actually asked that man, you know, to talk with me the man I'm so interested in, you know, th that I think that there's a sense in which we need some time alone to speculate and to imagine and, to th and to think. And, um, and there, yeah, and, and, and do you think it goes the, uh, it's it sort of, that's a lesson that speaks to why you might be doing it in the first place. Like if you're not wanting to be alone, is there something that you're avoiding? Yeah. I'm Like I said, I, I think a lot of people, deep down maybe are, are afraid that, that they don't, that, that, that they won't like themselves or that there's, that they- Or the structure of their lives maybe, like there's something about their lives that they don't want to confront. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something wrong and they're like, if I take time to think my marriage, you know, my marriage will come up on the table and I don't want to think about my marriage or, you know, I knew right. a lot of people that avoided being alone in the church because- if they were left alone to think about them and God, they were like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure this is working for me. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think for, in a lot of cases there was like, just keep, let me keep busy, you know, like busy, yeah. you know, idle hands are the devil's workshop. And like, they were sort of like, <laughs> idle mind is the devil's workshop. And I think a lot of times, you know, when, you know, you know, one of my thoughts is, you know, I always say, you know, take Malcolm Gladwell says it takes 10,000 hours to master anything. And I think yeah. like, to, for me, I think to master some of, sort of to master Christianity is in many ways to abandon it, but most people mm -hmm. never reach 10,000 hours because they're always so busy, you know, and, and that's why when, when I meet clergy, a lot of times clergy are the ones that hit the crisis in their forties because they actually have been thinking about how does this work and how do these fits, ideas fit together and what happened when I prayed for that person? And the rest of us, it's just, we're, we're, we're so distracted and we're blurred through that we don't ever get to the place where we really think through, does this way of thinking work? Hmm. So, you know, all of that to say, you know, and, and this may sound like, you know, like, duh, we all need to be able to spend time alone. But I, I guess what I want to say to our friend who called is to say like, no, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with you that isn't wrong with many, if not most of us. Um, and so sort of like, Bart, I don't want to exercise and eat a healthy diet. Is there something wrong with me? And you go like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, that's hard for all of us. And you go like, well, but I should exercise and eat a healthy diet. And you go like, oh yeah, you'll end up feeling a lot better. <laughs> and, yeah. and I think that this is one of those things where, we probably need to cultivate spending time alone. And what I would suggest is, is that maybe for most of us, guys like you and me, we shouldn't start with like setting aside a weekend or going off on a silent retreat. We should start off by setting aside 15 minutes and go like for 15 minutes, I'm going to be consciously alone. And I'm not going to be on my way to something. I'm not going to have the radio on. I'm not going to stick in a podcast. I'm going to keep company with myself for 15 minutes and just go for a walk with myself, um, you know, 
go for a bike ride with myself or sit quietly with myself and not turn anything on or reach out to anybody or text anybody. But I'm just going to like, I'm going to get in the practice of being in my own company to see like if I can get more used to being with myself. Yeah. Connecting with the self. And maybe, and maybe for the first time hearing that inner voice, because I think that's being drowned out a lot. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, I think that a lot of people, I, I think that a lot of times in, in my own experience with this, I come to a place where I realize that I've been talking about something for a long time that I haven't really thought about for myself. Like I, the, my entire thought process has been in conversation with other people. So like even on this Trump stuff or, mm -hmm. you know, like identity politics or whatever it is, you know, I, I ask myself, how many, you know, I, I mean, I certainly read articles and I certainly react in conversations and I listen to stuff and go, that's ridiculous. But I go like, have I sat for even a half an hour in the last six months and, and just thought, Bart, what do you really think? Like, this is again, talking to myself, Bart, what do you yep. really think about this Donald Trump stuff? And then sort of going like, well, I'm worried about this, but I think about this, not talking to somebody else, not reading their face, but just talking to myself. And I go like, even as I say this to you, John, I haven't. Mm -hmm. I haven't really thought alone about this thing that I have spent countless hours talking to other people about. I think that's really common. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So listen, I think we should cut this conversation off. I love it. Let it be I a think short, that was a good answer. Yeah, too. Let, let it be a shorter podcast and sort of say, you know what, what we, sh what we should all do is we should all at some point in the next 24 hours, like this would be the humanize me challenge, if you will. And I, like, is we should just take, I'm talking about like 10 minutes. Let's just start with 10 minutes and spend some time with our selves and talk to ourselves and, and, and see, you know, see what we come up with in that space, see how that works. So, and if you, do it. if you do it, if any, if anybody does it, we should go to the humanize me Facebook page and sort of go like, I did that thing and here's what happened or here's what it felt like. Yeah. Or this is I what. like that. Thanks Bart. I don't have anything else. Do we, do we have anything we got to cover? Like you can go to bartcampolo.org if you want to find us and let us know anything. But other than that, like, is there anything to say? I don't think so. The jam session is Wednesday night uh, for the $20 and above uh, patrons. And for the $5 and above patrons, they'll get that as audio later on. Rock on. All right. See you all Thanks, Bart. next time. All right. We're out of here. For more on BART, go to bartcampolo.org. To leave a question in your own voice to be used in future shows, call the Humanize Me Q line at 424 291 2092. That's 424-291-2092. Humanize Me is a production of Jax Media. You could be larger than life.